everybody. It's episode 70 of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. Hi, my name is Dustin. And I'm Lakeisha. And welcome back to the podcast, craft beer and movie reviews, right here from our home in the heart of Portland, Oregon. Uh, this week, we dive headfirst into the depths of the seven seas as we do our review of the long-awaited DC superhero movie, Aquaman. Starring Jason Momoa, Amber Heard, a bunch of other people. Yeah. Uh, we got to see an advanced screening of it last week. We're actually recording this the day uh, the rest of you, uh, you know, poppers, you know, general populace get to go see it. Right. But we've already seen it. Yeah, this was cool. This was one of those things where um, I just happened to be reading an article about... Uh, the upcoming Aquaman, and finding out that Amazon Prime members mm-hmm. had an opportunity to see an early screening. So I uh, contacted you, bought the tickets, and we got to go see it a week before. Yeah. Thank you, Evil else. Corporation. Yes, I know. <laughs> All right, so uh, initial thoughts on Aquaman? Um, it was silly and fun. It was silly. And fun. And silly. I I mean, I enjoyed it. This is yeah. the type of movie that I find entertaining. That um, I feel like... I mean, is it is it great? No. 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 And I agree that it's not great. It is not... Um, it is not DC's best movie. No. I mean, Wonder Woman still clearly holds that title. Um, but it, it, like, what I liked about it is it didn't take itself very seriously. And I just think more movies need to do that. Especially after, like, Dark, uh, like, you know, Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, where they tried to go all dark and broody Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they needed to have a little bit of levity. Yeah. Um... You know, and I, you know, I didn't dislike. I liked it. Um, if I were to say, uh, you know, uh, with the rating system that I just thought up right now, uh, mm-hmm. out of six bottle caps, <laughs> um, six being you know the high end of that, the sixth bottle cap, I would give it probably three bottle caps. Three out of six bottle caps. Yes. You've been on the Untapped dot com website, have you? No. Oh. No. Okay. Um, but like, like if you were to ask me right now, hey, let's go see Into the Spider Verse again. I would be my response would be, okay, great, yes. We didn't yeah. even finish that movie, and I had already leaned uh, over to you and said, we have to come I see know. this again. Yeah. But but uh, if you were to say to me, hey, let's go see Aquaman again right now, I would be, okay, sure. Right. Well, I mean, but that's I would my, say that's this. how I explain. Like, my feelings about it. Oh. And I would say this. I um, enjoyed seeing Aquaman on the big screen. Oh, for sure. Um, I think it was... Again, I was entertained by it, Mm -hmm. which is what I expect a movie really to do for me. Um, But then, you know, I will wait until it comes back out on video before I I really need to see it again. You know? Um, But I enjoyed it. I had fun. Like you said, it is very silly. I found it pretty cheesy. 
Um, but there are, but is like that is like offset by these really spectacular visuals. Correct. That were pretty great. So, anyway, we'll get more into the details of what we liked and didn't about Aquaman. But first, we always have uh, we we share with each other what we're having uh, beverage wise before mm-hmm. we get into the movie. I went first last week. Yeah. So, what do you have? Um, so this week I am drinking a beer by a new brewery that I've never heard of before. It's oh. called Barrel House Brewing. Oh, I haven't heard of that either. Um, Barrel House was established in 2013. Um, it is in Paso Robles, California. They actually have three locations in California. Um, in Paso Robles, San Luis, uh, San Luis Obispo, and Visalia. Um, those are areas in California. I have only heard of San Luis Obispo. And oh. I think I'm saying it wrong. Somebody's going to correct me. San Luis Obispo? Yeah. Yeah. So, I've, um, heard of, I've heard of Visalia. There's a minor league baseball team. That name es- escapes me. But okay. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, uh, they were established in 2013 by co-owners. Uh, there were three of them. Jason Carvalho. Uh, Kevin Nickel and Chris Vaughn, and they had a simple mission to bring together good people, good times, and great beer. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they are uh, pretty fun. Um, you go to their website; it looks like they have some pretty cool, different um, beers. Um, this particular beer is part of their adventure series. So they have their year-round, and then they have their seasonal. Adventure. uh, Yes. And they say the Adventure Series beers are born from the wild and crafted to complement life's greatest adventures. Okay. So so I'm drinking the Knight Rider Black Rye IPA. Interesting. Yeah. So it has uh, 76 IBUs. Mm -hmm. Um, I like it because it does have... um, like a nice hop uh, flavor to it, but it is also pretty mild in terms of you can taste the rye and the malt in it, and so I feel like it's a pretty smooth beer. Um, I am the first person to admit I like those uh, hoppy beers that are super bitey and even have a bit of that bitter aftertaste in it, mm-hmm. um, and this is not that beer at all. Um, it still has that hop taste to it that I like, but it's way more smooth and mellow. Um, it even looks, uh, I was drinking this, um, and I kind of looked over and it, it, it gives you the impression perhaps of a Guinness, Yeah, you know, it's dark. from the side. It's, it's pretty dark. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice foamy head on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, but it's remarkably smooth. So. I, I really like this. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Um, I am worried because I'm pretty sure that this is a, a random seasonal oh, ale that I'm sure never going to be able to sure find again. Yeah. And then I'm going to be super disappointed that here's this beer that I found um, that I'm never that I'm not going to find again. Because mm-hmm. um, as far as I can tell, it's not sold in any bottles around here. Oh, okay. So I just happen to be... Um, at a tap house, and it was one of the um, one of the kegs that they had. So, so yeah. So I'm gonna enjoy it while, oh, while I have it because okay. I'm probably yeah. not gonna get See it, it again. again. Yeah. Um, but it is really good. So okay. I'm excited to look and potentially try more 
from the uh, Barrel House Brewing Company. Okay. All right. Well, I'm having something from a brewery we have, uh, we do know, um, from Block 15 Brewing. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're out of Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, they opened in t- 2008, so a decade in. Oh, wow. And uh, they're really strong. They are, they are, they have a strong IPA game. Yes, like, they all do. Around. They make great IPAs. They have... Uh, they have three locations in Corvallis now, which oh. seems wild because Corvallis ain't that big a town. And it's not the only brewery in town. No, not at all. So I think that's interesting that they've expanded that much. Um, have a really good reputation, I, I feel like, locally or in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I have from them, it's a seasonal IPA. It is called the Hoppy Holidays oh. Imperial uh, IPA. 9% alcohol by volume. Doesn't say how many IBUs it has. Um, it says that it is brewed with a sleigh full of resinous and citrus forward hops, sweet orange zest, and locally foraged spruce tips. Mm. And you can taste, I think I feel like you can taste the, the spruce in it. Uh, seasonal flavors of pine and citrus blend with a warming malt backbone that evokes holidays past. Uh, I, it looks like a hazy and tastes like a hazy, but it feels a little more like. Uh, full-bodied than most hazies. Hmm. Uh, I like it quite a bit. So I just reached over and mm-hmm. tasted it. I don't know if it's because I am currently drinking... Something so different. Something that is mm-hmm. very, very different from that. Um, especially given that this is also supposed to be all about, like, maltiness. And mm-hmm. they have... They're very different yes. from each other. Yeah. So, um... Wow. Okay. Um... Block 15's website, they actually will list every place in the Pacific Northwest where you can find their stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it is really extensive. Oh, nice. It's pretty neat that they have that. They also have what they call the People's Pint Tap Program. If you go to any of their locations, they will have a tap handle that will be listed as the People's Pint in a certain percentage of uh, beer sold out of that, you know, for that month out of that style of beer out of that tap goes to... A certain local charity. Oh, that's cool. And it lists in there on the website, like, uh, you know, at this month, at this location, it's this beer, and it goes to this. Like, mm-hmm. one one is for a school, and one is for an environmental thing. Oh, that's cool. So that's pretty neat. Um, so yeah, Block 15 Brewing. Uh, look for their strong IPA game um, all, year, all year round. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some fun seasonals, like this one that has a, a nice Christmas tree on the can. Okay. All right, so... Uh, that's what we're drinking as we talk about Aquaman. Starring Jason Momoa. As Arthur Curry. Yes. This was a big change from the comics uh, as far as the look of Aquaman. Right. Which uh, I personally, as like a longtime comics nerd, I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arthur Curry in the comics is very blonde and very Caucasian. Right. Uh, so that they gave, uh, that they cast someone like Momoa in that role is, is perfectly fine mm-hmm. with me. And he's, and he's, an interesting character. Yeah. Just in life. I think, yeah, in life. <laughs> I think um, what I like about his casting, I mean, there's a lot of things I like about his casting, but um, I think that they, the choices that they made to take a character who, um, I, I mean, I, I guess he's, you know, he hasn't really always been viewed with the greatest of respect yep. in the comic book world. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give him 
a much more, um, I don't know, I want to say, um, what's the word? I'm like, cultural connection, you know, to the world and to the earth. Like, mm-hmm. in the comics, he's just, you know, like, he, he never really seems to be, and I'm, again, I don't read Aquaman, mm-hmm. um, although I might, because he's currently being written by the totally awesome Kelly Sue DeConnick. Oh, the first issue of that came out to this week. Right. Yeah. In Right. Mm-hmm. That was not a coincidence, yeah. I don't think. No. Um, so I might start watching it. But, like, he's he's kind of been a... I don't know. I don't really... I've never really seen him as, you know, a badass. Mm-hmm. And I think Momoa added that to it, you know? And... Um, I liked that kind of connection to also just honoring many of the uh, cultures around the world who have had a strong connection with the ocean. Yes, I agree with that too. Um, And so um, I thought thought he did a pretty good job. Uh, I think they also, I liked that he was, that they kind of went from the clean cut, you know, proper king you know, mm-hmm. Arthur Curry mm-hmm. to a much more uh, rebel, uh, rebel child, wild boy type of flair for Arthur Curry that he's, a, you know, being a child of two worlds has yeah. kind of given him a little bit less, um, you know, he's, he's, he's a rebel without a cause. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the being of two worlds thing, um, you know, the being of two, you know, Two races, and then, but you know, not like, but you know, comic book version races, I guess. You know, the Atlanteans and mm-hmm. you know, and regular and Earth people or dry Earth people, whatever you want, to, land people. I don't know how to d- describe it. You're not doing very good job no. at this. But at uh, all. but to, to have, but I, pre- I I think it was a good idea to cast. If you're going to have that character being of two worlds like that, to have it just not be another white guy, mm-hmm. you know, I thought was was smart. Mm-hmm. Well. I just appreciate that the reimagining of characters, you know, I think that there has been too much of like what a superhero can look like. Right. You know, and they, they are expanding that palette, you know, in terms of who can be a superhero Mm -hmm. in these, in many of their interpretations of characters. And I appreciate that. Yeah. So, Okay, well, uh, we, of course, have come up with three of our favorite things about Aquaman. We haven't shared them with each other uh, mm-hmm. before this recording. We'll take turns going back and forth. Uh, spoiler, your spoiler warning as... Uh, I know, we've been sitting on these spoilers for a week. I know. Ugh, so, so frustrating. Yeah, we never hold back on uh, plot details when we start talking about what we like and what we didn't. So Correct. You are, you are warned going forward. Or you're encouraged to listen further because mm. who knows? Maybe listening to um, our interpretation and reflections on this movie might make you want to go see it. Yeah, it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. Okay, so my first thing that I liked was um, Atlanta, the mother mm-hmm. of Arthur Curry. Um, I thought Nicole Kidman did a great job. Yeah. In her first return to superhero movies. So. And this time she gets to be 
A good one and a badass. Well, yeah, an actual, yeah, not just an, not just a... A love interest. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, so I, I think she's great. She is a total badass. So um, she really gets, like, the first fight scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, the first action sequence where, you know, she's been living in the lighthouse with Thomas Curry. They have a child together. And... Um, they, you know, and she's escaped an arranged marriage. Yeah. And so, but uh, the king has sent uh, his his Some warriors, yeah, soldiers, his soldiers to re- retrieve her to go get her. Yeah. Right. And she kicks ass. Mm-hmm. And part of what I like about it is, so she starts fighting them. Um, she's quite competent as a um, as a warrior. Mm-hmm. And her husband Thomas Curry. Basically grabs the kid and gets out of the way. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't pretend to be the fighter. He doesn't, like, his. he totally recognizes that he's out of his element. And with no shame, no feelings of inadequacy, nothing, he just gets out of the way and lets Atlanta do her thing. You know? And I appreciated that. I think that... Um, you know, oftentimes you've got a situation where the sense of a woman saving, you know, being the the, the warrior and saving people is, yeah. you know, they have to they have to compensate for it, you know, or they have to give an excuse, or they have to then, I don't know, diminish that in some way, and they don't. Like she wins, you know, mm-hmm. and she makes a choice to go back into the ocean to ultimately protect her family right but i mean she kicks ass in that battle it's great Mm -hmm. i loved it um and then you find out uh spoiler this is the big spoiler right Ooh, the big reveal that was uh totally not shocking um they think that she's dead that she has been um thrown to the trench right um but in fact she survived Mm -hmm. you know they show the creatures of the trench to be very mindless um just uh, scary, very kind of mm-hmm. stuff of nightmares creatures. Yeah. Um, and uh, and somehow she has survived, you know, for over a decade, you know. Um, she has been surviving on her own. Yeah. She has been uh, battling the other trench creatures, mostly. Uh, um, and then she's actually begun to blend in, Yeah. you know. Um, and then she's actually been trying to fight for that, you know, sacred trident while she's been there. So she has made multiple attempts to get it. Mm. And so you just, even though she's not there, um, on screen frequently. Right. Um, when she is on screen, she is, with the exception of like one scene, she is in charge of herself and she definitely is, um, you know, she's a survivor and she's a queen and she is, um, you know, she's not going to stop and mope and wait to be rescued or anything like that. Um, and I really liked that. Mm -hmm. I thought that, uh, she did a great job in her role. Yeah. She was very, she was director James Wan's first choice Mm -hmm. to have that role. Um, and yeah, she is very, I mean, she's very regal. Mm-hmm. I feel um, 
and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll actually I'll be talking more about uh, some of that later. So okay. All right. So uh, for my first favorite thing, and it had to be this. I know. I know what it is. Black Manta. Yes. When he they showed him in one of the trailers, I was ah, that was great. <laughs> so um, so my family, uh, we've, we've fished in Alaska a lot of years. Right. right? And so I mean, when I was little, my first like memories of reading comics, my mom would buy me these little like kind of digests, comics digests, which mm-hmm. were just like, I didn't realize it at the time, but what they were were just collections of older like golden age probably or silver age comics and there was like i had a bunch of dc ones and because we spent so much time on the ocean i can remember thinking that i was supposed to like aquaman because we were on the ocean so much and around sea life all the time so i should like aquaman and i can remember in one of those digests the first time seeing black manta in a show up in a story and Mm -hmm. just uh, that image of his costume and the big oblong dome helmets with the laser eyes and it just always looked so awesome (laughs) and uh it's always just seemed like a really great villain Mm -hmm. and then uh what they've done with him over the years like uh i remember it wasn't until i was an adult that i that i discovered that the man inside the helmet under the the uh the costume is a black man Mm -hmm. and that kind of was like i never even thought to think about whether or not he was even human under there. Mm-hmm. He was always just kind of a monster. And then, but to give him that kind of, you know, yeah, he came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, to, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, but yeah, that they went so comic accurate with him, especially with the, when he finally, they put him in the Black Manta suit, right? Super villain, laser shooting eyeball, laser eyes suit. Mm-hmm. It looks great. It is so cool when he shows up and starts blasting with those eyes. That whole action sequence and whatever, wherever it is they are in Europe. Um, uh, it Italy? Italy. I want to I say it's Italy. Yeah, I think they're in Italy. When I mean, he shows up and you know knocks down building with his laser eyes and fights Arthur that first time is really great sequence. Mm-hmm. And um, that actor whose name I'm, yeah, getting, yeah, I'm about. Yaya yeah, Abdul-Mateen II. Yeah. Uh, it looks plenty menacing when he's out of the costume, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. As that uh, his whole story arc, at least in recent years, is just he's just all about the vengeance, and right. he just really radiates that that need that kind of bloodlust that he has for Arthur Curry. Right. I thought they um, gave him a good they gave him a good reason to be angry mm-hmm. with Aquaman. I think, and they gave Aquaman. A moment of reflection there, yeah. Because Aquaman owns why he's angry and kind of says, "Yeah, he should be. Yeah. Probably, probably has a good reason to be mad at me." Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my first favorite thing that they. Uh, I was like, God, they got up. They better have a. I would love. They better put Black Manda in the Aquaman movie, mm-hmm. and they did, and they made him look incredible, and they made him competent. Oh yeah, that's, you know. Yeah. Like, I hate it when they give you a villain who's super incompetent, you know, mm-hmm. and he's not. Yeah. Uh, so. In, in the comics, that as I've actually, like, I've been reading uh, in advance of the movie, I've been reading a bunch of Aquaman comics. Recent ones, nothing really old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's in a lot of it. And he is a, I mean, 
he is a super competent bad, bad guy villain mm-hmm. and and a lot of the time he's alone he did not mu- i mean he's you know been with you know the legion of doom here and there but he's really not a joiner mm-hmm. you know he is more than willing to do some shit on his own <laughs> so that's why i really like him and he looks great in this movie so yeah my first favorite thing is definitely black man yeah, I I intentionally did not put that in my top three because mm-hmm. I knew that you were going to talk a lot about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. I liked how they gave him his particular, you know, power. Like how, like, it, you know, he didn't just invent these laser eye blasts. Right. Um, and they even talk about him being able to modify the Atlantan the Atlantean, uh, Atlantean te- technology. technology. Although that, that montage where he's kind of working on it, mm-hmm. a little hokey. I didn't care for that. Of course it's hokey. Montages are almost always hokey. Uh, right? They are. No. Uh, they are. Nine times out of ten, a montage scene is going to be hokey. Uh, they could have done better. Well. Um, but I, I just... What I appreciated about it is that, again... He's modifying tech. He's making it work, uh-huh. and he's you know spray painting it, spray painting it black. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's got to make it his own. Um, and I just, I really liked that. I thought that was good. I and I did think he did a a very good job. Yeah. So of his, of being um, a good villain, worthy to mm-hmm. see again. Yes, that you know? he. If should they make another of these. Mm-hmm. He better be because he's not the the villain of no. this movie, but he better be in the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not a one. What I liked one of the things, and we'll talk. It's kind of like a one of those honorable mentions that I liked about this is so often villains in superhero movies, um, and this has been a criticism of Marvel is they have these one and done villains. Yeah, right. Well, in this case, there is no one and done villain. Mm-hmm. You know, both villains actually survive, yep. and which creates some inter- interesting, you know, options for for the future, for future movies. Yeah, and I like that. Yes. I think that's really cool. So, uh, however, that is not my second thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, my second thing is I I thought Patrick Wilson as Orm. Okay. Was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Patrick Wilson is one of those actors that I'm always like, he shows up in a movie, and I'm like, hey, hey, I know that guy. He's I like in him. So many things. I know, but that's like typically my my mo with him is he shows up in a movie, and I point and go, oh, I like him. What's his name again? Oh, I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he did. Um, he did a good job as this villain yeah you know like his last superhero role was like that i really remember him in was in watchmen yep the night which you and i uh disagree on whether or not that's a good movie i think um really do we i like it oh i like it too okay yeah okay for some reason i thought we disagreed on that movie no um but i really so i like that movie but he plays a very different type of uh Super. I mean, and he's not a superhero in this movie. He's definitely the villain. Right. But um, but what I like is he kind of starts out. I I mean, all good villains have a point, right? If they're a good villain, they sometimes have a reasonable point of view. 
you know, or they start out with a shred of reasonable point of view that turns right. into crazy, maniacal right. world domination. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of does. He kind of starts out just as like an ecological activist. That's what you think about him. He's like, uh, we live in the ocean. The ocean is being horribly polluted. Mm-hmm. Um, our, you know, like sea creatures are being killed. Trash is being thrown into um, our home. And we just cannot... We cannot abide this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, I live in my home is being trashed. Probably going to fight back. Um, by the end, he is uh, definitely moved into the full on, like, ultra villain. I will murder, you know, the kings of all my, you know, neighboring areas to win your armies. And I'm going to wear my super creepy mask over my face, uh, call myself the Ocean Master, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, take over the world. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is interesting because in his first volley, you know, when he's fighting back, when he decides to kind of like announce his presence to, uh, to the land dwellers, um, he tosses all of the ocean garbage Back, back up and, onto the shores. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. That's not a bad thing. I mean, the ships that he decides to toss into cities, that's not a good thing. The tidal wave. Yeah, the big tidal wave. Which, that, by the way, it's, that is the first, like, visual, like, effect that I was like, wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, But but anyway, I, I just thought, I thought that Patrick Wilson did a great job. Um, I thought the inter- the sibling rivalry component sure, was yeah. very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was worth it. I mean, Orm is the second son of Atlanta. And, you know, they make a big deal about like, oh, clearly Arthur is the heir, the heir apparent to the throne. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, typically... Uh, I mean, not that I'm a big fan of the patriarchy or anything, but in a patriarchal right. society, it's the son of the king that would be um, the heir, right. not the firstborn son of the queen. Right. Yeah, you they, know? Don't, they don't really spend a ton of time in that detail. No. They, just that Arthur's the older brother. And right. That's all they care about. And that's why he should be the king. king right. Um, and, and that's fine. I mean, yeah. who knows? If they were a matrilineal society, that makes perfect sense, right? right? Um, but uh, you know, I, I just think his, you know, his kind of anger at his big brother is also kind of understandable. Like he's mad. Like my dad wasn't good. Like my mom didn't love my dad. You know, mm-hmm. like, and and she she kind of she committed the ultimate like just embarrassment and betrayal for my dad. Like she ran away from my dad mm-hmm. um, to have, you know, to fall in love and have you. And so I am like, I'm second. I'm a consolation prize, yeah. you know? And what an interesting kind of thing to have to run to think about. And he blames his, he blames Arthur for his mom's death. Right. Right. My mom got thrown into the trench because she betrayed our people. And because she had you. Because she had you. Yeah. Right? Um, which is a totally not logical <laughs> process of thinking. Right. 
Um, and yet it is almost a very xenophobic way of thinking, yeah. right? Like um, the whole half breed, right? Thing, which 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 they use in the comics a lot, like right. when he's like uh, when Arthur Curry is a, a head of state, but like half his people are kind of luke at the best lukewarm about him being their king mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, so he's got that interesting story. And then at the end, you know, he loses. And, um, you know, he's not killed by his brother. Right. And then he has the added bonus of realizing his mother is alive, you know. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of gets all these shocks at once. And when he leaves, you kind of see him with this almost bemused expression on his face. And, you know, kind of like he's got to rethink his worldview. Yeah. You know, um, which I think is inter- interesting. And I love the fact that, you know, the last thing that that Arthur, you know, Aquaman says to him is, you know, we'll talk soon, brother. Yeah. Like he never, you know, he never really, you know, hates his brother. He mm-hmm. just wants to stop his yes, brother. Right. And that's an interesting kind of, you know, storyline. Yeah. So yeah. I liked it. And Patrick Wilson, like I said, I really like him. He's a very versatile actor. Yes. I feel. Um, you know, from being like he's he does really well at being kind of smarmy asshole. Yeah. Like in the he A does. in the A team. Um, oh, I know. He's so good. Uh there's this it's not really a horror movie, but this movie called Hard Candy that he's in with uh, Ellen Page, where he's a real creep. Mm-hmm. Creep. Uh, and the, but unsurprising that he's in this because he's uh, worked with James Wan before, right? In the Conjuring movies, and he's great in those, and he's a hero in those, mm-hmm. which is um, so interesting that they brought him in to be the villain here. But yeah, he's always he's never not good. Right. Well, it's more fun to be a villain. Sure. I mean, that's what they let's say. Be clear. Yeah, that's what they always say. That the villain, the playing the villain, is always more fun than the hero yeah. in these movies. Villains almost never have, you know, the moral quandary about what, whether or not they mm-hmm. should do what they can yeah. do. Get to chew the scenery a bit more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For my second thing, I went with uh, the trench. Ah. That scene where Arthur and Mira first run across the uh, the, the sea creatures from the trench. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that's uh, that sequence is uh, really just beautifully shot. Yeah. You know that the boat on the water and the storm, mm-hmm. and they are and they they right out of the comic book. That's what they look like. They are scary sea monsters. Yeah, and they look great in here, like really gross and scary and and ready to eat you. Um, they're actually a pretty new concept in the movie. They're referred to as a kingdom. Of Atlantis in the comics, they're not. Um, DC Comics, as they are wont to do uh, from time to time, will reboot their comic universe. Mm-hmm. So in 2011, they did it again and launched with what they called the New 52. Uh, and the first arc of the new Aquaman series is where they showed up. So hmm. not that long ago. Um, and they were just um, these. These monsters who had been living, monster creatures, whatever, uh, that had been living in the Marianas Trench. And they essentially just ran out of food. And they come, that's why they come out of the trench looking for a new food source. And so it's like on the first time they've been seen, like Arthur and Mira run across them. They've never seen them before. Arthur tries to like try to communicate with them with his power and it doesn't work because they're not really, you know, sea creatures. Not fish. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
And it's really interesting because as they're trying to eat the populace on land, <laughs> you know, they discover that this that this race has been down at the depths for a long time and they're dying out. Mm. They and this is like their kind of last. They're they're trying. They're bringing surface people down to the trench for later to try to keep their species alive. So he's like, "What do we? You know, they're murdering these humans, but the actions we take here might mean the extinction of this species." Right. So it's an interesting concept. Um, I think I wonder if maybe uh, they included them in this movie so that James Wan, who made his bones in horror movies, right. Got to shoot a horror sequence. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. It, it is legit. They are really monstrous and scary. And mm. that sequence is really great. And when they dive into the water, and it's in the with trailer. The flare. With the flare. Oh, it's a great that scene, scene. That scene looks awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But like James Wan, he started, he made Saw, Insidious, the two Conjuring movies that Patrick Wilson is in. That's where he really made his name. So it was an interesting choice, I felt, that he got Aquaman. Mm-hmm. But that scene is really cool so i like that's my second favorite thing yeah apparently he um had a choice sort of i saw that yeah between the flash and aquaman Uh, the poor flash movie which can't keep a director on board i know and they have such a great flash too yeah so i'm excited we'll see maybe depends on if they ever get it made yeah if they can ever get a story and a director Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff um all right so i talked about atlanta i talked about patrick wilson and his arm right um my third thing actually is less about the movie mm-hmm. and more about the um promo of the movie the trailer no the uh so when they had their like i don't know red carpet event oh okay the, like the premiere it. yeah the premiere that's okay. the word um they um i love the fact that uh, Jason Momoa mm-hmm. led both of his children and several other cast members in um, Hakka. Right. Um, which is a kind of traditional. Like Polynesian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Polynesian, like. Uh, uh, War dance? Yeah. Um, and so I. It is. It is great. Look it up online. Mm hmm. Um, it is... He snaps a trident over his leg. He does. And he is totally into it. And it is, it is, it is a treat, you know? And I love it because he has, um, other members of the cast in there, including, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Tamura Morrison, who plays his dad, Thomas Curry. Yes. Um, and several other members of the cast, and they lead a traditional haka. And it is so cool to watch. And it's not something that you see at a premiere. And mm-hmm. I thought, what a what an awesome um, opportunity. Both of his children are there. His boy and his girl participate in that. Um, and I just really thought, what a... What a cool introduction for the world to a traditional dance, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and you know, by, a, by a, a great actor, a very interesting person. The more I learn about Jason Momoa, the more I'm just like, oh, he's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then uh, 
but just what a great premiere like activity that was kind of really both honoring his and many other members of the cast cultural background Mm -hmm. um and it was something that is so unexpected you know like it was a surprise yeah um and i just i really like that and i i want to say i read that it wasn't like just the the stuff just the straight haka that he like actually kind of made it a kind of a his own variant Mm -hmm. you know um and I also love that it wasn't a red carpet premiere. It was a blue carpet premiere because, you know, oh, the because, ocean. you know, ocean, like ocean, right? Yeah. Yeah, that video is pretty fun. He, I'm sure he is a hell of a fun dude to make a movie with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I did hear that Amber Heard had a little bit of a problem with him. Oh, really? Um, yeah, apparently when she would, um, she was like strapped in like, um, like the, like hanging devices you know like oh right like the swimming scenes all the wire work and so she had a bag that she would keep with her Mm -hmm. and she would be she would read because she would literally just be hanging in her wiring and like jason momoa would steal her books and like rip out the pages Mm -hmm. and that's like that's very disappointing um but it also sounds like they made her like a camouflage type of bag so right. she could hide her books. Yeah, they wrapped it in green screen material so that right. it would be on set, but you couldn't. They could. They you wouldn't see it right. in the film. Yeah. And so I just th- I think that's really funny. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but you know, but that was a little disappointing, uh, to hear mm-hmm. about Momoa. But I just thought it was a pretty awesome um component that he did that. You yeah. know, and um. And that his kids participated in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Okay. So, for my last thing, and we've already t- you already touched about this, but it is that first fight scene uh, with uh, <laughs> so Atlanta. Uh, so, we've already gone through, like, you know, she washes up on shore at Amnesty Bay at the lighthouse mm-hmm. uh, where she meets Tom Curry, um, right. you know, and she and she hangs out there with, uh, with Django Fett. Oh, stop it. (laughs) It's just, it's the same actor that plays Django Fett. I know that, but still. Uh, You know, but then, uh, you know, and then after they have Arthur and those Atlantean soldiers show up. Well, first of all, I love the design of the Atlantean, like, um, soldiers. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, the weaponry and the armor mm-hmm. uh, you know I've seen we've seen a million movies where like the, the soldiers or guys who are gonna fight are wearing just black tactical stuff right. pouches and it is very colorful I mean it was <laughs> like a magenta or something I liked it a lot it's very colorful um, you know the the kind of the weaponry was really neat it was like it's like science fictiony but yet you can you just how it was shaped kind of felt like yeah that's i can see that's of earth or of you know right um but really sets the tone and lets you really understand before you even see you know the title character you know just the atlanteans as a species are very powerful right you know uh that really sets the tone for what they're capable of mm-hmm. um and and Kidman is and her uh, is great, you know, with the action stuff they have her do. It is, it is a sh- to lead off that movie. It is, a, you know, you know, of course it's all bloodless because it's a PG thirteen movie, but it is super violent. 
Oh, yeah. It is. I mean, it was, I was actually kind of a little shocked that it was as, you know, just the way they filmed it was really cool, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, How the camera moved and followed her around as she just wrecked. Wrecked, wrecked the house. Wrecked, wrecked his house. The, the lighthouse killed is all just those demolished. Dudes. It is really well filmed. And I think it's probably, maybe, the, I think it might be the best action sequence in the movie, actually. Um, and, I mean, just really roughed house those guys around. And I loved the setting the tone of what Atlanteans are like and what they're capable of is great. And uh, that was really smart to do it early. And she's good. And, uh, yeah, the whole thing about kind of inverting expectations where, you know, the guy's got to, like, go grab the baby and hide in the corner, mm-hmm. you know, while she, you know, <laughs> brings the house down. Literally. Was pretty, literally. Is, and just the type of destruction that they could cause, you know, just as... Right. You know, without any real, like, without bringing in any wild sea creatures that you see at the end. Right. You know, so... So yeah, that action sequence is great and uh, a good tone setter for everything else. Mm-hmm. So. And they do a good job. Like it's it's easy to be really confused at the beginning. You know, she washes up on shore. She can breathe air. She's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the soldiers show up and they're in these like space suits, practically right that, that are filled with, with water, water. Yeah. Right. And you're and it's a little bizarre, but Why? they explain it later. Yeah. You know. Um, and so I, I thought, but even that is, is good. Like they're explaining, they're they're leading you into Atlantean culture, mm-hmm. you know. So right. All right. So is this the part where we do some honorable mentions? Yes. All right. Um, well, my first honorable mention is Willem Dafoe. Oh right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you always gotta love some Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. as Volko. You know, yeah, the vizier, yeah, to uh, to Orm, Orm, and then you find out that he also really he's loyal to uh, Atlanta, like mm-hmm. that's that's he's staying with Orm as you know the son of his queen, mm-hmm. um, but he also trained Arthur, young Arthur, yeah, right, also because she. He was the son of his queen, mm-hmm. and um, so I just I like that that he was right. able, that he felt it was his duty to protect both. Yeah. So, you know, eventually he has to choose, right? Because you know Orm is is starting to go crazy and making insane decisions and wants mm-hmm. to start a, literally a planetary war. Right. Um. But at the same time, you know, it's clear that you know, being with both children was important to him. Right. So, gotta love Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say um, Amira. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that I both like and didn't about her in this movie. She gets, she's been getting a lot of shit about the wig they put her in. Yeah. You know what? I like it. It's a, it's a nuts color. But I don't know. It's just, I mean, everything else about this movie is so colorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything from Atlantis is super bright and shiny and right. weird day glow colors almost. So why not, you know, <laughs> at this point? And, uh, you know, the 
the power her like water controlling power mm-hmm. is pretty is really well done i i do agree I I think like they the scene where job. she like you know ends up like when she's being chased by some atlant when they the italy sequence when she's being chased by the atlantan soldiers and she ends up in a wine shop right you know and that's pretty that's all that's very it's it's like you know it's like a Carrie, it's another James Wan nodding to horror again. It's a Carrie-esque scene because, you know, the wine is, you know, blood-colored. Right. You know, and she uses the wine to, you know, kill the guy. Um, you know, and he's covered with all red and screaming. So that's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, and her and the, the mirror of water powers is uh, is well done. I think and, that's my favorite part of Mira. Yeah. So, is is her water powers. Yeah. And it was, I mean, because if you really think about it, uh, and that's another thing that maybe they could have talked about a, for a minute, is that with that ability, she might be the most powerful person in this movie, mm-hmm. you know? And she's like, because, you know, like uh, Arthur and Orm fight early on, right? And Arthur is losing and she steps in and rescues him. And she could have stepped in and just beat them both probably and then with take that it over ability. queen you know, of atlantis and she you know and that they didn't like you know why are we arguing over you two you know dudes mm-hmm. you know when oh and you guys got to fight each other in single combat with really i could kill you both right right now if i wanted to you know but the patriarchy sucks so right, right. but anyway all right do you have any uh, any other um well i just liked um that they you, so they they talked about Arthur's power to be able to communicate with you know, with, with sea creatures, right? Mm-hmm. I wish they maybe would have used that a little bit more. Um, I was surprised they used it as much as they did. I was happy that they did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think they did a good job. And then they make the mention like that's not a common power, right? For royal, you know, for um, for well, any Atlantean. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of cool too to be able just to identify like not. They all have, they have different traits, you mm-hmm. know, so Mira clearly has, you know, her water sorcery, mm-hmm. um, but Orm doesn't have those things. No. And um, Arthur ha- is able to speak to the creatures. And so that's why he's able to speak to the, what, Carathen, Carathen, the sea creature with yeah. the big tentacles, mm-hmm. right? And she's like, what? You can hear me? Um, and so... I, I mean, I liked that they used that. I thought that was a, you know, it's such a, I think, a part of the comics, mm-hmm. you know, at least that I'm aware of. Again, not an avid reader of the Aquaman series, mm-hmm. um, but it is a big identifying criteria for him. And I thought they did it well. They did. So. They did. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I really have anything else. That you liked about the As movie? far as like enough to say like, yeah, this is an honorable mention um yeah i mean yeah just the just this i mean it is a spectacle movie yeah it gets wild at the end it does i mean and that's i mean like like some of the sea creatures that they that they're riding into battle mm-hmm. like i've 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 seen that's some kind of cool that's kind of cool and i've seen some of that in the comics i've been reading Mm-hmm. So I like so that's pretty neat. I like that. Um, yeah, and just so I mean, if you're gonna go see, you're def, if I mean, just go see it just for the 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 sheer like some of the like the big the 
the the tidal wave mm-hmm. I thought was really incredibly was done. Yeah. And then this the 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 big the big throwdown at the end is just like wow. Right. Well, <laughs> and the fight scene with um, Black Manta. Yeah, right? that's great. That's so. really great too. Yeah. Yeah, I think my my last honorable mention is uh, Thomas Curry, Tom Curry, Arthur's mm, dad. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's several things that I like about him. Um, he, I love that. Like I already mentioned, I like that he, you know, is perfectly content, just getting out of the way, letting Atlanta fight yeah. the Atlanteans, right? Um, but then they, you know, they is like they they kind of. They mention it and they show they show it, but they don't talk about it. But Thomas Curry is a single dad, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, Atlanta leaves and goes back to the sea, and and he raises um, Arthur on his own. Yeah, and it is very clear that they are so affectionate with each other and that they care deeply about each other. Yeah, you know, um, Arthur and his dad, um, they hug frequently mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Um, you know, they they go party together. Yeah. Apparently in the morning uh, and spend all day at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every morning, every morning at sunrise um, for his entire life, Tom walks down and is at the ocean's edge. Right. At the end of the pier you where know, Atlanta pier. left him. Right. Because she said that's where she'll come back and right. win. And he does that every day. Mm-hmm. And that's super romantic. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just super sweet. It's lovely yeah. um, that he has this unrequited love and he's waiting for her. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I, I, I thought that that relationship was between um, Arthur and his dad is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, that... That they care about each other uh, deeply. Arthur is trying to look out for his dad. Um, and they clearly have a loving relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, versus sometimes we see these superhero movies where the you know superhero is trying to hide his powers from his parent. His dad's super proud. His dad knows yep. you know what his mother was mm-hmm. in, in terms of being an Atlantean. Um, and is proud of him. Yeah. So I just, I think that is, I, I, I feel like that particular relationship was very heartwarming. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Mm. Uh, Momoa, that's who Momoa wanted uh, to be, to play his dad. Oh, really? Because uh, that actor is, you know, part Maori from mm-hmm. New Zealand and mm-hmm. is like, you know, is really a, a big name there. Yeah. You know, Tamara so, Morrison. Yep. Yeah. And that's who Momoa really wanted to be able to get for that. Yeah. yeah and their relationship in the movie is, is great. Yeah, so I, I liked it. Um, let's see. Any other honorable mentions? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, we've already okay. really kind of we know, have the big sequences are are good, mm-hmm. like the actiony stuff. Yeah, right. Absolutely, there are great sequences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, I'm almost scared to ask, but uh-huh. this is the part where we talk about anything we didn't like. Yeah. Um, so you, you touched on, um, uh, Black Manta and, uh, you know, why he wants re- his revenge. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I, so his dad, so there's a, he's like essentially a pirate, mm-hmm. you know, and he's pirating about with his dad. 
Right. Um, and the, but the but Arthur Curry finds them trying to like take over the submarine. That's mm-hmm. the first action sequence we see with Jason Momoa. And they and he and at the end of the sequence, essentially, um, Black Manta's dad is trapped underneath a big heavy pipe or something in the submarine, and water's rushing in. And Aquaman essentially just leaves them to, you know, to their fate. Says right. something like, you know, ah, oh, you know, you asked for mercy. You've killed some people. You ask mercy of the sea. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Black Manta's dad ended up dying. Right. Um, I didn't like that because in the comics, Black Manta's dad is actually killed by Arthur Curry by his hand. Mm-hmm. He stabs him to death. <laughs> And I would rather have had that because I didn't the whole that when he turns around and says and leaves essentially leaves them to probably die right or at least one of them to die I didn't like that because mm-hmm. that is I mean I am fine with all the other changes they've made to Arthur Curry uh, for the movie but that is one of them that is out of character he wouldn't given the choice despite what had happened. Arthur Curry would have gone back and got the ma- not left a man to drown, regardless of, right? You know, he would not have been because when he, even when, in the comics when he kills Black Manta's dad, it's because he thinks he's Black Manta and he thinks like they're they're fighting. He gets confused in the battle in the fight that they're having and kill and mm-hmm. thinks he's attacking Black Manta and he's not. And he kills his dad by accident, but it right. is by his hand. Um, but to just walk away and let yeah, you know, like yeah, that guy. I mean, clearly. Uh, Black Manta is just a man who cannot lift that thing off his father. Right. Someone's dying down there. And right. for him to just leave them there, I felt as out of character and I didn't care for it. Hmm. I, and I thought, I, the thing, you know, you watch that and you're like, that's not what su- superheroes do. Like, they, they don't just let people die. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, later on, you know, he talks about the fact that, like, you know, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And I think that's that's a great reflective moment. You yeah, know? I agree with that, too. To be yeah. able to be like, I, yeah, he's mad because his dad is dead because of me. Mm-hmm. And that is that is true. Right. Um, You know, and then, but then you also think about, like, the Dark Knight, right? Where that's exactly what Batman tells, um... Uh, what's his face? Uh, Liam Neeson's character, right? He oh, Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, he tells him that. Like, you're right. I'm not gonna kill you, but I don't have to save you either. Right. And let's and you know, so like, he basically murders him. He just doesn't like stab him or pull or you know or anything mm-hmm. like that. So he like, he creates the conditions under which that villain is gonna right. die. Um. And it's Batman, and so he's okay with that. Uh, but, you know, Aquaman kind of does the same thing. Like, yes. you have made all, you've done all these actions that ultimately is why you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I am not actively going to kill you, mm-hmm. but I'm going to leave you in the conditions under which you're going to die. Yeah. Um, and so I, but I, what I appreciate, appreciated about it later as they wrap back around and they use that as a moment for for Aquaman to be like I didn't do the right thing. Right. And you I know? like and I like that they did that too, but I feel like they're like we don't want to have actual blood on our hero's hands. Right. So this is our cheat to uh-huh. where there's a death but 
Arthur Curry doesn't actually kill him. Right. And I feel that that was unnecessary. Well, that's what they did in The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah but we're talking about two different... I mean, right, Batman I leaves someone to die. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but for Aquaman, I don't I, I, That's just yeah. me. I didn't like it. Um, so I, there's, there's one portion of the movie with Atlanta that I don't like. Uh-huh. Um, and that is, you know, she, here she is. The woman has been living in the trench, you know, fighting For to survive. 20 years or whatever. Right. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's kicking ass. And then she shows up at the very end and, you know, like when Arthur defeats his brother Orm and he's like, oh, there's our mom. And Orm's like, what? What? How did this happen? And her statement is, Arthur saved me. Yeah, I didn't like that either. I remember, I, like, I remember that. Like, I think we said something to each other yeah. when that happened. Like, he saved me after I had been living by myself amongst these carnivorous monster creatures. Right. For, for, for however long decades. I've been doing that. Yeah. But, but sure, he saved me. Right. Right. It's just, yeah. it's a uh, throwaway line. That is, I mean, quite frankly, something I would feel like um, a male writer wouldn't think twice about, right? Correct. And they're all males, like the guys who wrote the story and screenplay and everything. And and again, nothing against guys, listeners, but at the same time, it's a line that perhaps a guy wouldn't think anything about, like, oh, look, he saved me. Except, no, no, no. He didn't really save her. Correct. What are you talking about? Yeah. She has been she has been saving herself every single day. Mm-hmm. She saved him, you know, when he was a baby. She saved her family. Like what? He saved her? Like and, and so it it just was a silly line that didn't need to be there. Um there was a million other ways to have explained that in ten seconds or less. Yeah. And that was just the wrong one to use. Yeah, it was. So I didn't like too, that. Yeah. It was like, uh, it made me think of like when we saw Deadpool 2 and they kill off um, Marina Baccarin's character. Mm-hmm. You know, like, which is called, which we refer to as fridging. Right. You Google it. I'm not going to explain it again. And, um, and, but the person who coined the term fridging, comic book writer Gail Simone, when she saw that the, the two guys who wrote this, the script of Deadpool 2 were asked about that. You know, and they revealed, I mean, and they were like, they had like, what? They had never heard of that term before. And Gail Simone was like, maybe include a woman in your writer's room. Right. I mean, maybe. maybe I mean, just yeah. saying. Not not yeah. a not a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, okay. So other things maybe I didn't particularly like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was not necessarily a fan of Mira. Okay. You know, yeah. um, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure that if it was the fact that I didn't really see any chemistry there this or I didn't same. see, um, or I didn't like Amber Heard in it. I don't know. Um, well, her hair did bother you... <laughs> me. Um, and But here's the thing that bothered me about her hair. Okay. I, I actually don't have a problem with the fact that it was such a crazy color red. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you look at sea creatures, they come in these amazingly brilliant colors. Yeah. So to see an Atlantean with mm-hmm. really brightly colored hair is, it was not a big deal. Yeah. But my problem was, is that the different, they clearly had her in a bunch of different wigs. 
and they weren't the same color. So at oh, some point in time, her hair that. is red. Other uh-huh. times, her hair is red-orange. Other times, it's red-pink. It, other times, it's orange-pink. And I'm like, it is not hard to dye mm. that hair the same color. Maybe it has to do, because she's in and out of the ocean a lot. Nope. Maybe that has something to do with it. Nope. I don't know. Nope. Yeah, the thing about this movie, it is, uh, story-wise, and especially when it comes to like character dialogue, I felt was very paint by numbers, mm. especially when it came to her and the things they gave her to say and do. Yeah, um, which is a bummer. Uh, the, the the Aquaman comics I've been reading uh, in advance of the movie, I I really wish it would have been more interesting if they would have made her more uh, comic book accurate. And the comics that I've been reading, you know, Mira as as opposed to Arthur is a child of Atlantis. She's mm-hmm. grown up, and the people of Atlantis. You know, for 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 reasons that are, are that are real, really don't care for the surface world. They look down their noses at the people who live on the surface because of the, the pollution, mm-hmm. the way they treat the oceans. Um, when they are discovering the way they look at their king, because mm-hmm. they kind of they kind of write into the comics like kind of the how he's become a, a joke, mm-hmm. you know, which is interesting. And so, and Mira is is like that. When she interacts with the surface world, she has a hard time not like being kind of arrogant towards surface world people because she thinks that they're they're not they're not as evolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, they treat her beloved um, king, you know, as a lesser right. in a way, and just uh, that she that they don't even like give her any moment like that. I felt was kind of because that would have been interesting because right. like. She goes, she spends time on the surface with Arthur because it means she's with Arthur. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, let's see. Oh, the only other thing that, I, that kind of bothered me was, um, so it's like it is connected to Justice League. Barely. But it's almost like they forgot that they were supposed to be connected to Justice League. They mentioned so, it once. Yeah, so they have like Randall Park, right, in it, who's a great actor. He's really funny. And mm-hmm. he plays Dr. Stephen Shin. Yeah. Um, and he, they show him on TV being like, clearly exi- Atlanteans exist. Like, this is happening. And, mm-hmm. and the other news anchors are like openly mocking him. Right? Like, oh, you're just... <laughs> Which is, and I I'm see where like, you're going, yes. So, so let me, let's just be clear. This is supposed to happen after After. Justice League. So you've, not only have you seen Aquaman, right? Right. Presumably. Mm -hmm. You have a Batman. You have a Kryptonian. Yes. You have a Flash. You have a Wonder Woman. You have all of these superheroes. But Atlanteans is where you draw the line. That's just silly. That's just ridiculous. Like. I, and so I just felt like they, they forgot, like, uh, oh, yeah, we are connected. And they actually, we we only know who Aquaman is in this movie. Right. Because we just saw Justice League about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just was disappointed that, you know, there that continuity mm-hmm. wasn't there. Um, I feel like, you know, and it's hard because... Poor DC just cannot help but be compared to Marvel, right? Well, yeah. But somebody at 
Marvel Cinematic Universes, right, is paying attention to timeline and to continuity. Mm. And, and I mean, and there are there are errors for sure. No, there there can't not be. It's just right? too much. Yeah. But somebody is aware of that. Yeah. And so like you can't make Thor th- or um Iron Man three without somebody checking in with the fact that oh yeah, Avengers has happened. Mm-hmm. So you can't pretend that Avengers didn't happen. Right. So how are you gonna build that in? Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't. So like, there there's a there's a universal memory happening. You know, the like every day, the universe doesn't wake up. Like every time there's when Ant Man happens, right? They already acknowledge the existence of these other superheroes, right? Right. Whereas in this movie, it's like they forgot. Oh yeah, we're part of a DC universe. There are clearly other metahumans, right. right, that exist. So why are you making fun of a guy who's like, yeah, that tsunami that only threw trash Crash. up onto the shores was right. not an accident? And mm-hmm. they're like, you're so silly. That's that's a great point. I mean, in where Man of Steel has happened, where mm-hmm. essentially there was an alien invasion, right? You know, that two cities were practically to, brought yeah. to brought to sunder. Um, and which they revisited in Batman versus Superman, right? Where there was another, you know, alien creature that brought a city to the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, Superman exists. Uh, they are aware of the Aquaman. There's, mm-hmm. you know, they talk about him on the news, but in Justice League in, and in Aquaman, right? Uh, but this guy talking about, well, maybe Atlantis exists is laughed at, right? Is yeah, that's ridiculous? So. So, I, I mean, that was disappointing. I just feel like why they aren't, you know, like who at DC is like connecting all these movies? Like, yeah. where is their crew that being like, whoa, 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 remember, shared universe. Oh, that's the, yeah, that's the, there was a, an article, I didn't read it all, but there's an article from The Ringer that talks about how uh, Marvel is, everything at Mar- the Marvel universe is just meticulously thought out and planned. Mm-hmm. And over at DC, they're just like, they're just essentially throwing shit at the wall, hoping something sticks at this point. That's kind of what it feels like. Because after this, I mean, there's that weird Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie they're making, which is, I, I think, supposed to be not count as part of continuity. Right. And then, then maybe there's going to be a second Joker movie that will count. And then there's like a Birds of Prey movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know where, and then Wonder Woman, the sequel. Um, yeah, right. I don't know. And the Flash movie that can't keep a director on board. Right. It's yeah. It's it a, just it's still a mess. It just feels like they got to kind of get themselves organized, and and the uh-huh. fact that they haven't learned a thing by watching their rivals. Yeah. Is shocking to me. It's like it's in almost spite like well, bite of their rival. Right. Like we're not going to do it like with like them. Because they're our rival. Right. We don't want to be seen as copying them, so we're going to do our own thing. Right. Which isn't working. And if it's not working, Mm -hmm. stop doing that. Like, this is the sixth movie in this DC connected universe. And that is it. How many Marvel movies are there now? Like 20. Right. And I could think of six Marvel movies that are better than this. Better Mm -hmm. than Aquaman. Yeah. 
Easy. Yeah. So. I mean, ultimately, it's which Marvel movies are worse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, and again, it's not that Aquaman is a bad movie. No, I wouldn't call it that. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean. It's. But. If you're gonna. I mean, DC knows and it can't help but be compared. Yeah. There's no way you can't. Yeah. To Marvel. But they're not learning anything from their rivals to be able to top them. So I hope they can they can figure that out. Yeah. It's just my last thing I'm gonna say is that I it's just it is it is this movie is very I found very cheesy. Uh huh. It's funny. To, to a, I didn't find it funny. Uh to a degree that I didn't care for. Mm. It was I mean, I it made me laugh because I was laughing at it sometimes not with it not with it i mean not mm. i wasn't laughing not because it was like poorly filmed like all right. the technically it's fine yeah for the most part i mean there's some cgi stuff that doesn't like i think they use kind of that make him look younger technology on on aquaman's dad mm-hmm. with like when early on when he meets uh nicole kidman um I, I tried to see try to verify that they did that but i couldn't find anything but there's just something with his face that doesn't look right and then when you see him when he's older, when they just let him be the mm-hmm. actor look like himself, it was like, I was almost like, did they use two different people? But they didn't. I just think what? they used CGI to make him look younger and they didn't do a good job. Oh, okay. And then Dolph Lundgren, yeah. don't give him red hair for no, one. No, that was a terrible and idea. And there was a couple of scenes underwater where he just, like his, he looked rough. It was like, I mean, they were just trying. I mean, I'm glad Dolph Lundgren is getting work like this, but yeah. man... Yeah, they were it looked rough. trying to um, make sure that we knew that he was going to be Mira's dad. Yeah. But that wasn't necessary. That wasn't unnecessary, for sure. No. Um, okay, well, any last comments about Aquaman? Um, well, I'm glad that it got made. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Arthur Curry has the potential to be a really interesting character mm-hmm. uh, going forward now that they've kind of said ev- everything um, especially since they kept <clears throat> the villains alive like you talked about um, I feel that he is in a way a combination of Black Panther right. and Superman and that he is a super powered being that is also a head of state mm-hmm. and uh, and with his brother still around i mean there could be some real like kind of game of thrones political machinations right that they could <clears throat> use going forward which might be interesting um but yeah yeah i um i read an article that said that it's basically it's black panther except aquaman is eric killmonger um but a good guy oh okay i can see you that. know in, see t- that. in that he is there um like he's coming in from the outside where Orm is from a very insulated society, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and really crying for a revolution. Like, you, we are all part of the same world, and you can't just live isolated from everybody anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, except that, you know, uh, Killmonger clearly wanted to burn the world down, yep. and uh, Jason Momoa wanted to save it. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, yeah, I think it was f- it was entertaining. 
And I like a good entertaining movie sometimes mm-hmm. where I don't have to think too hard about it. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, no, right? I, there's yeah. a lot of movies that really are challenging and I have to think about and I have mm-hmm. to, you know, and I, I enjoy that. But sometimes I like just to go see a movie that's super silly and I can laugh at and just be like, mm-hmm. it is what it is. And that's OK. So, um, and given the fact that Aquaman has not always been taken seriously in uh, the comic book world, I thought it was appropriate that the movie didn't take itself too seriously either. Mm. So, that's my perspective. So, all right. So, ultimately, you are giving it uh, three out of six bottle caps Mm -hmm. from your arbitrary just yep. created system. Yep. I am calling it a fun, entertaining, silly movie that is totally worth seeing on the big screen once. Yes. Uh, just because all of the um, cool effects and fight scenes work really well on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. There we go. Okay. So, I think, is this the part where we talk about things that we are recommending? recommending. Yes. All right. So, do I get to go first? Yep. All right, so I struggled with this because I'm always stuck on like, oh my gosh, what do I recommend? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to recommend uh, The Norseman on Netflix. Oh, yeah. We've been watching that. That's great. Yeah, so we just recently started watching this. Um, I have avoided it. I've seen it. It's come up on my Netflix like shows you might like. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've avoided it because I really like um, The Lost Kingdom series that's on netflix right now um i've read that whole series of books and Um, i really like it a very serious viking tale yes and then you and then there's the show the vikings out there on um, history channel on the history channel Mm -hmm. uh and so i've kind of been like oh like is this just the netflix knockoff version uh and it is but with a twist yeah it's 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 a spoof on yes on Viking movies. And it is... Or the Viking series. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Like, it you really and I funny. have laughed a lot watching it. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, you know, according to the Norsemen, Vikings are actually quite polite and soft-spoken. Yeah. When they're not uh, mm. pillaging and raping. Uh, <laughs> even <laughs> yeah. when they are. Yeah, even when they are. They have moments where they're like, oh, Yeah. Uh, we're um, okay. We're going me? to ravish you now. Yeah, <laughs> just just wanted to let you know. Yeah, we are now going to uh, pillage because we are Vikings and that is what we do. So uh, yeah, yeah, let's commence with the pillaging. <laughs> the style of humor it has reminds me sort of of The Office. Yeah, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like yeah, Vikings, but the British Office. Yeah, the yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's quite funny, yeah. quite humorous. Um, we've just started season two, mm-hmm. so I I recommend it. it. It's it's like yeah, it's like the office humor. So it's more subtle and yeah. quiet. Yeah. Versus you know, there's no laugh track. Uh, yeah. But it, it it's pretty good. And I like that it's. There's no lead... There, like, most shows, like, your lead characters are really beautiful people. It's not the case in this show. Mm-mm. Everybody looks pretty rough. Yeah. In it. Their most beautiful person is that is the female Viking mm, who goes yeah. out. But even she is a mature... Yep. 
And it's a mature show, by yeah, the way. It, oh, yeah. FYI. It, it is definitely a Not for kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, even she is, you know, she's she's a stunning actress. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's a mature actress. She's mm. not 19. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it is. It's quite good. So that's yeah. my recommendation: The Norseman on Netflix. Okay. Well, I've already talked a bunch about how I've been reading Aquaman mm-hmm. comics, so that's what I'm recommending. Um, Aquaman. I mean, if you want to see something really silly, go find like the first appearances, like in the Golden Age, where he's like having tea with seahorses and stuff. It's really goofy. <laughs> uh, but the newer stuff, like starting with the New 52, uh, a writer named Jeff Johns, who is a really well-known co- name in the comics world. He does a lot of work on for TV now. Like he's worked with Marvel Television. But his um, run with Aquaman with the New 52 really um, turned um, Aquaman into a, a, a character in the comics world that to be taken seriously again. Okay. Because oh, he, he took, he recognized in kind of, in pop culture that he was a, like a joke, like in the Entourage TV show, right? That right. he was, that was like a thing. Right. You know, and then there are all the, the jokes. Bang oh, theory. In the Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. You know, oh, he talks to fish. There's a bunch of jokes about that, right? And then the first issue of his run, he brings that in because like he's in, he's in Boston. He helps stop a bank robbery. Even the cops that he helps stop this bank robbery are like, you know, so, you know, are can't help but kind of accidentally make fun of him because they think he's he's right. the guy who talks to fish. What are you doing on land? And then he goes to like uh, this little seafood restaurant on the pier because it's where his dad would take him when he was a kid. And he goes there to have lunch and he orders fish and chips and everybody loses their fucking mind because why is Aquaman eating fish? And some blogger like rudely interrupts his lunch to like you know talk to him about you know why are you the least liked justice league member you know and when he walks out he hands the waitress like these three like golden doubloons and she's like hey what am i supposed to do with these and he goes put your kid through college and walks off anyway it's really the first issue is really funny and but also it really establishes atlanteans as being powerful people Mm -hmm. um and especially mira uh, you know, and uh, and that's where the trench comes in, and so it's really really solid um, to get uh, Arthur Curry kind of back on where he should be as far as like right. a founding member of the Justice League. Right. More recently, a guy named Dab- Dan Abnett's run on Aquaman has also been really interesting because he's trying to start this um, at Atlantean embassy mm. uh, on the east coast of America, and. Black Manta is working with these other terrorists and frames Atlantis for um, attacking like an American warship. Oh, and so it bring and so it really shows. You know, you take a superhero that is also a head of state, and now he's got to deal with the American government because the American government thinks that you've just committed an act of war. Right, and it's really interesting. Barack Obama shows up <laughs> in in this run. Um, and it's, nice and uh, and yeah, and it's it really also shows. How driven Black Manta is that the ends that Black Manta will go for revenge, right? And how terrifying a villain he can be. Um, and there's this in the first couple, and I think it was the first issue of the run. There's like this narrator in the issue is talking about how interesting a man Arthur Curry is, and you find out that the narrator of that first issue is Black Manta, talking about his 
nemesis. nemesis. Interesting. You know? And it's very interesting. It's very good. I wish I could. I should be mentioning the art. There's several artists that have worked on it. I always mention the writers. I should mention the artists more. Uh, Liam Sharp is the one that comes to mind who worked on the most recent run. It's all really interesting, uh, especially the newest one with the political stuff where they're dealing with. Um, they actually arrest Arthur Curry uh, as a potential enemy of the state. And he's like, just so you know, I'm allowing this to happen. You know, you can't keep me in these handcuffs. I could, you know, tweak them off my wrists if I wanted, but I don't want the mm-hmm. war between us. And But eventually Mira just like, I can't take it. I'm going to come break you out because I just can't. Right. They can't handle. And so they got to fight their way back to the ocean. And the American government calls Superman to kind of intervene. And so there's actually a throwdown with Superman in which Mira punches him in the face. And everyone's like, she can do that? It's pretty, Apparently. It's pretty great. Nice. And so that all those runs, I, uh, I suggest looking into like the modern take on, on him. And, and, and then uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, who we know here in Portland, her first issue on Aquaman came out this week. Yep. So, Cool. All right, so uh, Christmas is coming up pretty soon, but I still think we're going to hopefully have uh, a podcast post-Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to do Bumblebee. I think so. That looks really good. Or Mary Poppins. Or Mary, yeah. One of those two things is probably what we'll do. We'll flip a coin or something. All right. But yeah, they're both uh, getting pretty good reviews that I see so far. Right. All right, so that'll be it for this episode of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcasts. Uh, thanks for listening. You can find us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, SoundCloud iTunes, uh, and try Podcast Republic on an Android device, and subscribe and give us a review. Email us at ddkpodcasting at gmail.com if you want to tell us what you thought of Aquaman or any other movie or recommend a beer for us to do later at some future point. That'd be great. All right. And All right. Until next week. Go see a movie. And thanks for listening.